This is Trey Carland, and my guest today is Alea, who was here in Asheville and offers sat song or sat sang, as we say in the South, on a regular basis. And today, I just wanted to get a, a little bit of information about you and some background on your journey, your path. Mm. A little bit about me. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's all relevant in some way, shape, yeah. or form, but when did you first discover this idea of awakening, or when did you become an active seeker, so to speak? Okay, active seeker. Um, I'd say um, the active seeking didn't uh, start probably, I was in my late 20s. I had a... Uh, um, It was like a, a couple of experiences, like one of my early 20s and one of my later 20s. And after the second one, was a big opening. And then from that, there was this fire, you know, that just really... Um, you know, there was just no way to say no to it. So with that, it was a lot of changes. You know, I packed up all my sold stuff. You know, shifted, you know, dropped of a career and all that stuff and, and moved out to Sedona. Mm. So, there's a lot more details around it. I was, it first looked like, um, you know, I would go into transpersonal psychology at the Neuropa Institute. Mm -hmm. And then when I, I traveled up there to visit the school and on my way, I went through Sedona. And it was kind of just really powerful to be there instead. So instead of getting my master's, I just, you know, packed up everything and moved out to Sedona. And there I um, met a series of different people, all, you know, very, very powerful pointers. And I didn't really know anything about satsang or non-dualistic teaching or it was really not a searching like in books or in um, trying to find that religion or anything like that. It was more just like following that fire that was just sort of, I just couldn't say no to him anymore. And in that, I uh, pretty quickly landed in a living situation with some folks that had come to Sedona to um, be with Robert Adams who I didn't know who he was either, but he had, I guess, very recently passed away when I got there. And uh, those folks just asked me to tag along very quickly after I moved there to um, meet uh, Neelam. So uh, kind of after that opening in Atlanta where I was living, very quickly I kind of was in front of Neil's feet, you know, <laughs> without any, like, you know, um, plan about it, you know, in my head. It was just sort of like just following us, you know, mm -hmm. all the impulses. And it wasn't that I was choosing it, it's just I couldn't help it at that point. Mm -hmm. It was much stronger than anything else. So how long were you in Sedona? I was in Sedona for a year, you know, and when I met Neilum, that you know, I that was uh, uh, you know something. It was a very powerful meeting because I didn't realize I had been searching for it. 
but you know there was a pretty large group in the space i don't know you know i was kind of in the back corner mm-hmm. and she was looking around and i knew when um when she just kind of gazed at me that it just kind of shot me all the way through you know my heart just really opened and i realized wow this is a person that there's love there there's this it was like the first time i recognized unconditional love Really, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I didn't glimpse, you know, times with my parents, mm-hmm. you know, but like where this was not going to come and go, I just knew it that this person didn't need to know my name, uh, she didn't need to know my story, and that there was this um, unconditional love there, and that that really sealed it for her, for me and her, for her being, you know, a teacher, my teacher. So did you spend a lot of one-on-one time while you were there? No, yeah. never spoke to her. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never asked a question. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I realized it didn't matter, you know. And I didn't even know what a teacher was or a guru was or anything, but I knew that I just, and also what she said, what came out of her mouth, was really, um, you know, poking me in every, you know, just really a lot of fear, mm-hmm. you know, the you know, really poking at the ego and mm-hmm. stuff. So she was, you know, it was like, oh, I'm nobody, you know, <laughs> you know, it, all the, the, the deep pointings that she, you know, was speaking as it came out of her mouth, I became very agitated and, and fearful. But then inside of that, I also knew that that was where I would have to go hmm. you know, in what I resisted from her. And I just I just felt it so strongly. Mm-hmm. So me, um, you know, over the years, you know, me seeing her again was more, it was like I knew what she was embodying was wisdom, was truth, you know, and I didn't have any other uh, experience, you know, from other teachers or language or anything to kind of come up with that. It just was a very, like, obvious, ordinary, natural thing. And that, like, obviously it was my problem mm-hmm. what was causing the resistance, you know, of me opening to that. But with her words, it's like, no, 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 I'm somebody, you know. <laughs> All the all the trappings of that, and so I just kind of I just felt like a bull, sort of like sharpening my horns. I knew that I just had to keep going to her mm-hmm. and seeing her. So um, yeah, and then the, uh, the rest of the year there it was a lot of other things were showing up, you know, for me to just kind of pass through, uh, create your own reality stuff, and you know, Sedona, you, you know, a little bit everything's there. Mm-hmm. So it was very powerful to kind of just move through a lot of things. And after about a year, you know, I lost it on that. Where did you go after that? A little, little chapter there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The parent journey. A lot happened in a year. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so. Did you feel like at the end of the year you had had some sort of um, awakening and that being there wasn't. Um, it just felt like things were deepening. 
you know, so it was like kind of, it was moving through a lot of stuff, you know, the mirror, it was very apparent to me that everything was really showing up to, to not only Neil, and Neil would be like the super duper hot spot, right, mm -hmm. where it's just, you're, you know, everything's just right there, mm -hmm. but, you know, meeting people and different things that happen there, I, I intuitively knew that all those things were, you know, openings, I didn't resist them, mm -hmm. and, uh, and that will be more clarity and wisdom. Um, from that, I would say, um, I really got past the create your own reality stuff, you know, I really saw through that it was um, not, you know, because eventually you're going to really get upset with yourself. Mm -hmm. That you're you are creating something that you don't want or whatever, right. or cancer or you know terrible thing. <laughs> you know, I realize this whole thing's most fishy. You know, this mm -hmm. is not this is not where to land. You know, right. so you know those things kind of deepened, and I, and, um, and I saw people that were and that still are that are just looping in that um, cul-de-sac, as Adia would say. Mm -hmm. You know, and they're still functioning. You know, the stories keep changing, but they're in the same story and dealing with the same fears. Mm -hmm. you know, not really deepening through them. You know. mm -hmm. um, where would I go next? Um, you mentioned Adia. Is he somebody you spent time with as well? Um, not until much later, okay. you know, I moved, um, at that point in time, yeah, I moved to Durango, Colorado for a year and, uh, and kind of did, explored some other things that weren't, weren't quite like, wasn't quite allowing myself to, um, really start, you know, not doing, you know, being the doer. So I had some other kind of more spiritual, helpful things that I was doing. <laughs> you know, setting up in a, you know, spiritual bookstore and stuff. Mm -hmm. Not that those things are bad, but I could just, it's like I just had to keep following through them. And for me, it kind of was like moving through them, but I didn't stick with them. They kind of, I kind of would see that that wasn't it, and I would just keep following through. And then I moved to Boulder. Um, with my now husband, and Neelam would come up there quite often, mm. so I was able to be with her when she would come through town. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and I had the birth of my first child. There was a huge opening in the the birth of her. You know that you when you resist the contractions. You know <laughs> it was really really you know wild. It was like gosh, this you know it was so simple. And then to not resist it, you know, was, was um, it was okay, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and that's that's not even really, really can't describe it, but it was just became so profound to me. And what Neilan had been pointing to, you know, was what's really going on, mm -hmm. what's really going on. And, you know, it wasn't like a mind going on, which is part of it that you have to kind of open to, mm -hmm. but the deeper and deeper of like what's really going on deeply. That inquiring in a very deep way, and so there was a big opening then. You know, like the next time I saw Neilam after um, the birth of my child, where she somebody had asked her a question about Papaji, who's her teacher. She's from that Ramana Maharshi lineage, and, and um, uh, she spoke of Papaji, 
And when she was speaking about the G, she had like a tear come out of her eye, you know. And um, I remember just watching that tear coming out of her eye. And at the end of that meeting, you know, and I had been wrestling prior to that, of like she has something I don't, you know. She's spiritual, you know, I, you know, this kind of, and kind of a jealousy and some a lot of other feelings that were happening, you know, that were a bit of a struggle for me. And, uh, but after that, it was like all gone. Mm-hmm. You know, all I wanted to do was just kind of rest at her feet. You know? The feeling was like to never leave her. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. like, uh, and I realized it wasn't her. It was so, at the same time, able to pierce that it was not her body, her form. And it wasn't even Papa G's, you know, that all of it, you, you know, that it was, you know, as much, um, you know, it mm-hmm. wasn't the person, you know, I didn't have to hold her anymore in mm-hmm. that way, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then immediately after that, we moved here to Asheville. Mm-hmm. And I had already, like, those were already um, in the works. So it was not like a, it was just like the way it was working out, I was not going to be at her feet. You know, and yeah. be with her in that way, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I came here and uh, meeting some folks, you know, that I'm still very close with today. They started bringing her here. She yeah. started having some health issues. But through meeting me, they wanted to connect with her also. Mm-hmm. There was, um, it was still unraveling to be done. I didn't even, you know, have any thoughts about it. It's just meeting folks here, they would be like, oh, you're awake. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but there was something in there that was like, you know, um, I could tell, you know, like that, that there was, let's say like a person, you know, came up to me and said, you're awake, and then kind of as soon as he said that, something started running again, mm-hmm. you know, so it wasn't, um, And what that was, was, you know, I had a newborn child and a husband, and um, there was all this stuff that was coming back up. Mm-hmm. You know, so I knew that it, you know, so there's sort of this abiding, non-abiding kind of feeling, like I could meet with people and, and you know, they would look into my eyes, and in those moments of silence, it was just very blissful, and, and I could feel that I... I needed something from it, you know, mm-hmm. there was, it was, I knew it, it wasn't um, d- done, you know, and I think it was a dangerous time where I could have picked up and done something, you know, but certainly there was a lot of activity and, act, you know, kind of that expecting, and, um, but I, I really didn't want to have anything to do with it, I just felt like it was... There was too much ego still running to mess around with that, mm-hmm. you know. And um, over the years, there was just a lot of, um, I guess I would look back and say it's an integration mm-hmm. because it was, a, um, it was in an honesty and just really kind of vigilance and integrity to, you know, that stuff was still going on, you know, mm-hmm. and telling the truth about it and really diving into those things. And it was showing up in my regular life, you know, with my child, 
my husband, you know, a lot of just regular life story things, financial, all these things that were triggering. And then there was a lot of deepening and um, sometimes resistance. You know, mm-hmm. There was a period of time that felt a lot like a desert where I had kind of gotten into this space where I was watching things but not really meeting them. You know, I was mm-hmm. like looking at what was happening and then that's a real fun cul-de-sac to get into, <laughs> you know, or you're just like, well, you know, this is okay. You can get these absolute kind of um, ideas and then you don't, I realize you don't really like devour or open to what's suffering inside, mm-hmm. you know, what's really is going on. So I, and I realized through that, it's like I could, that watching, like seeing something come and go, um, it was a lot less suffering, but, you know, I was not experiencing freedom in that, you know, I wasn't experiencing total non-judgment, you know, just releasing to, you know, there was a lot of stuff underneath it. Mm-hmm. So eventually it got to where I was like, okay, well, whatever is coming up, it's, you know, almost like I'm going to eat it. You know, it's like not going to pass through anymore. I was like, it's going to just completely. And that was very profound. Around that time is when I met Adia. Okay. That's um, when Julia, my friend Julia, started bringing him here. Mm-hmm. First time I met him, um, I did not really, um, I didn't really think too much about it. Mm-hmm. Like I went to a public satsang. But pretty soon after that, you know, um, I started listening a little bit you know, to his um, thoughts on, and Julia was bringing him back again. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, in that second trip, he and I got to spend some time together, and, and that meeting was, it was not really like actually, I knew just like in meeting him, it was just the time, it, was, it wasn't necessarily, I wouldn't say it's like him, mm-hmm. it was just like the time and everything. It's like, and recognizing now that he's my very self, it was just like, uh, you could say a frequency or um, just this openness to the recognition of that, that, you know, it, it, it felt just very disorienting, but also I knew kind of I was done for, you know? Mm-hmm. But it was like waking it up within myself. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily something that he gave me. At the time, I, I don't know if I would have said that, Mm-hmm. Because at the time there was still separation of some sort functioning, even though it was um, much more transparent at that time. Mm-hmm. And at that time, people had started kind of asking to meet with me again, and I was very reluctant to it. And so my question to him was, you know, should I, you know, this keeps happening. Should I be doing this? Right. You know, am I cooked enough to do this? <laughs> His response was, well, if people ask, then speak. Mm-hmm. You know, and that really made a lot of sense because that really takes down the ego, you mm-hmm. know, because the ego wants to do, you know, mm-hmm. wants to, you know, in the realm of separate self, you have all the yummy stuff with it too that you consider the best, like the caring part, you know, all these things that like you're wanting to help and all that, but it's like even those things have to be fallen through or what's your your truth is to move, which is a alive thing that doesn't have any um, 
like all those other things are passed through and that, so it's allowed just to be as it is mm-hmm. and it really can't function in that you know unencumbered way until the the conditions and you know that separate self really is not sticking on it mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's sort of Surfing it off into, and then literally just creating a, a little bit of an illusionary reality on top of it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, so sort of maybe the death of the ego, is that one way to put it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's just when, when what's illusionary is no longer functioning. Because mm-hmm. who you are is already here, right? Mm-hmm. It's already complete and whole. Right. And it's like in that inquiring into you know, all the things that are going on and deeply inquiring, then there's this possibility for them to no longer be held, you know, Mm -hmm. it is really a resistance, like deep within, and their nature is not to stay held, you know, so when there's that deep inquiry, you know, there's that, you know, cracks or big openings or whatever, and they get to just kind of move on, and then that unencumbered natural movement, the grace of you are, gets to just live freely in the moment and the from the unknown in every moment one of the uh things that's come my way recently that <clears throat> seems like it's along these lines is rather than just let these things pass through if you notice some form of resistance take your attention there and see what it is that's wanting to be noticed and allowing what wants to be noticed to be there. Welcome it and recognize that it's served a valuable purpose. Sure, that's what every teacher says. Yeah. There's nothing, that that is, you know, that's like the core of non-duality teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody, you know, teacher's going to say it in a different way, or it, each person is not even really a teacher, it's just our, it's like, that's what grace is, if we're listening, is teaching us, you know, mm-hmm. to just be simply with what is here. Mm-hmm. And there, you know, you'll hear that's constantly what's being pointed to as the external mirror, as the wisdom within, you know, that's the beloved bowing at your feet. Mm-hmm. And then, and even that is not true because you are the beloved itself, you know, so it just keeps collapsing until there is no this and that, mm-hmm. you know. No, nothing to observe, mm-hmm. only this. So that falling away was a pretty gradual process that took a couple years? Well, um, you mean from from the moment I met Adia? Or yeah, the, kind of the whole well, I guess the whole thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd say, you know, those... It, there was just, if, for me, I can only say it all just felt very kind of natural. Mm-hmm. You know, I never had any kind of, I never really thought about enlightenment. Mm-hmm. That wasn't ever really a goal, mm-hmm. you know, like I want to wake up. Mm-hmm. It was more just always kind of like this, this, what's happening is not really right. And uh, this is not the way it's really supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Kind of this just kind of inner feeling and in that it just kept growing mm. and it and and that just kept serving a deeper a deeper invitation into truth 
you know, what was really going on, what was just simply here, what was I was really resisting. It was really just like, I'm not interested in the suffering. So for me, it was not really a, a goal of any sort. And I never picked up any kind of, I mean, even today, you know, I can speak of Neil and Nadia, but I really never felt drawn to read many other books or Alephabes or um, follow, uh, you know, it's always been very simple. I've always heard, kind of heard inside, don't pick that up because you'll just have to drop it later. Mm-hmm. You know, why bother with adding something in there that's just, you just, because you don't get to keep it. You don't right. get to keep anything. You know, you got to let it all go. Mm-hmm. You know, any any story I could tell, any method, you know, those are things like what you were saying and how you were talking is like the, the, the meeting it. It's like, and you know, it's like the cautionary thing I would say is like making it a method, mm-hmm. making it something that's because you'll, you'll, and it's really feeling into it because you'll know the difference because even though I may say the same things over and over again, I never know what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always just kind of, it's just arising. And it's not like I'm being spoken, like I'm moving out of the way for something to speak. It's just this, this is, it's only this, mm-hmm. only this. And so when you um, find a method that seems to work, then that can quickly become a story and then it's not a lie. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference when you speak, and um, it's it's a story speaking. There's no there's no transmission in that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that's alive in that. It's just a to do thing, you mm-hmm. know. And so what is where it really all the good stuff happens is in the present moment, which is not really something you can try to do. Mm-hmm. That's why, like when you check in, you say what's going on. It takes you right out of the story, out of the mind, into the moment. Because you're, you're you're here, you're checking in. Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. I mean, you might want to go to the mind. Like, what's going on? You, that's not really, you know, it's like, that's okay. And it's okay to unwind the mind and the stories and to check and see if those ideas are actually real. Mm-hmm. You know? Or the beliefs are real, perceptions are real, the judgments are real. But inside of them, it's going to be something deeper, you know, it's going to be like the energy that's holding them together. And that's where, that's where um, inquiry is really leading us into. So we don't really have to do much other than just be here. Because it's naturally, grace is always working. It's always offering up. Love's always offering up. And, and, and it's perfect potion, it's perfect concoction to bring up, you know, like what's unloved, what's unmet, what's unconscious. And, and uh, so I point more to the moment, you know, and it's not, and, and not to the mind, you know. I love to, you know, it's important to untie the illusion but in the end, illusion or separation or mind is is an illusion, yeah. and those are those are to be inquired upon too. But it's just part of it. Mm-hmm. You can have folks that just and, and you know, open to that, and then they then what's hurting now that's where they'll stop and where they'll avoid 
you know, mm-hmm. and know like, and then the mirror will validate that if that's what they're really wanting. Like they'll be drawn to a teacher that teaches in that way, or books or that improve your life instead of destroying it. <laughs> right? Right. You know, at least the illusion of it, not the truth of it. Like what you know, what remains. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's even important to ask, but I have to wonder about the idea of doership and free will and those sorts of things. I don't know if you asked that or not, but. I've wondered from time to time, especially when I was a kid, I used to debate free will. Is it, if sure. I raise my arm right now, is that planned from the time I was born? Or sure, sure. was that something I, I volunteered to do and made happen? It's both, you know. It, the mistake is the I you're speaking of is, is, is mixed up with the separate self, mm-hmm. you know. But, but, um, but that question is a this or that question. And the, and the answer is in the collapse of those two. And then the mind is never going to be able to understand um, because it's, you know, it's functioning separate from its, its entirety, you know. And so I would say, like, if somebody is inquiring into the truth of their nature and the truth of who they are, it will change as they deepen. And uh, eventually... Though that language won't make much sense anymore. Like it makes sense in dualistic terms, but as you kind of naturally meet what is arising in a very deep way, um, you're, it, it doesn't make sense because the mind wants to try to understand it and make a story out of it. But what changes in a very deep primordial way is the mind gets dethroned, and you know you, you'll feel it in lots of different ways, like literally. You won't, the, the separation between you and another will just start shifting. So it's like the wisdom, you know, in the tree, you know, like all of a sudden you're the leaves or you're the water. I mean, you, you always are like that when you laugh really hard, you know what I mean? That's a good example for everybody. You can't remember your name and it's just the moment, it's just laughter. But when you, um, and it's easy, you know, when it's not, there's not a, uh, something going on. There's nothing really going on there, you know. But when there's something going on, that's like when the resistance happens and the separation happens, and then these kind of stories and conditioning and all the other, you know, perceptions and beliefs and judgment, all of these things that kind of are created, you know, arise from them. So as we, you know, you know, meet deeply what holds them together, we are essentially, each time we do that, removing the separateness and that conditioning of what's inside of that. You know, there's a this and that. So you, you go through the mind, you know, that kind of inquiry, and then you go deep into the, the, the core of it, and then there is no this or that anymore. Your mind can't go into that. You know, you could say it's into the heart, you know, you could say it's into, um, those are just words, you know, that mind needs to use, but once you go in, those things just don't even matter anymore. And so that's, each time you do that, it is annihilating the separateness in that particular thing. 
and it's finally you know embracing and then meeting and there's intimacy and even the intimacy falls away right and then it gets to not be held anymore right mm-hmm. that's where like things get to really dissolve that karmic conditioning dissolves all these things and that in its reality outside will change your reality you know you won't be like doing the same kind of hands during the habit trail stuff you know it just naturally without you doing it like the way we are functioning in three-dimensional reality the changes happen in a more primordial you know root out to the leaves kind of way and um then your, your mind everything starts shifting so that way of looking at those things just kind of starts opening and shifting mm-hmm. in a very natural ordinary kind of way to where um those kind of words like free will and all that stuff that ego is really like hanging on to to feed and survive you know it gets dethroned and it just sort of becomes like a deep much deeper wisdom comes in so what I'm, I'm just saying is it's not I'm not going to add another story to it mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying is in the inquiry of, um, of your own illusions and sufferings that are running that there will be this natural um, just returning to the truth of your nature, which doesn't really, it doesn't function from that, as that beginning conversation that you said that was, had a very this or that kind of way to it. You know what I mean? Like free will and predestined, which, you know, is a, you see what I'm saying? It, right. ends, you know, it just becomes. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. <laughs> it just dissolves and is an, an not an, like it never existed. Because mm-hmm. in truth, it didn't. Mm-hmm. It, let's just assume that there's a life after death and that you're going to be reincarnated and that for one reason or another, which you might not want to, to go, but let's just assume you wanted a quicker path to where you are. And you wanted, you wanted to be able to leave yourself some sort of note, some sort of, um, here's, here's a tip for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say you have to feel what's inside of that, you know, because what's inside of that is a deep yearning, you know, and it's also resistance, mm-hmm. resistance to, you know. You can feel it. Wanting the quick, not wanting to do the work. <laughs> you, know I mean? you know, of your own stuff. It's the resistance to your stuff is what's going on. You know, so it's like telling the truth. You know, there's an energy of resistance in that. You know, so it's like is there that can continue on, and then there will be an outside grasping to things, give you the promise of a quick fix, or you know, but. And there's nothing wrong with that. You will come home eventually, you know. And, uh, you know, as Adi has told me, most people want a better story and then they kind of you know, do the free fall, you know, because really it's a free fall and it's always in the unknown. You're never going to know. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember asking, okay, give me something I would just inquire. Give me something to hang my hat on, which is the same energy of what you're talking about. I want right. something to hang my hat on. I want something I can know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's really saying, the mind is saying, 
I'm not taking this trip. I'm not jumping because I want to know something. And I want to, it's like, I want, there's a, like wanting some security and all these things. And um, I would always hear back, okay, I'll give you something to hang your hat on. And it would always be, um, all, in the unknown, all, um, all things are in the unknown. And in the unknown, all things will be revealed. And you can hang your hat on that. <laughs> That's it. That's yeah. as good as it gets. Yeah. And if you can't dive into that, then you're grasping somewhere, you know. And so it's just, and it's nothing wrong with that, but, you know, there's going to be tension and struggle and grasping, you know. It's, it's like holding on to branches. Mm-hmm. You know? So um, I am not a person to talk to about quick fixes. <laughs> Or to say, you know, okay, blah, 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 you're done, or something. Because, you know, and I talk with Adi a lot about this, is, you know, you can ask your wife, you can ask your family, you know, you can ask, the, and, and that will show, you know, how awake a person really is. Because mm-hmm. it's really, it's not an idea of perfection, but it is, grace naturally does move to open to all Open, to open the illusion. So there is this tendency to always continue deepening and opening, and in that it translates as, you know, if it's coming out of the physical form, then that's that's um, that's an unconscious act. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, not, that's being asleep in, in a conditioning. So, you know, that right there is the yummy gems to, you know, because they kind of, and then they sort of unravel you know, they become unnecessary to come out because they're being met right here in the moment. They're not being resisted. They're being resisted, then there's the karmic dream that you go into over and over again, you know, and then there's not clarity. That's that non-abiding state, you know. But if it if it's if it's if it's here and that then there just tends to be this being that's not creating much karma anymore. You know, and where, say, this being is, you know, so it's, if I resist it, it's hell at this point, you know. It becomes much, much harder to um, resist what's here. Like, if it came out, you know. Do pockets of resistance still arise? Sure, sure, you know. Generally, it's not in a, a sleep kind of way, you know, but... I'll be like, okay, I'm feeling you're gonna have to step away from me. <laughs> 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 like, I'd be like, especially with my kids, because they are the ones that are gonna like, you know, have that special ingredients to like keep pointing deeper and you know really get me good, you know. Mm-hmm. But I find with it whenever there's that there's a lot of language happening, a lot of being clear and not being asleep. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I was in the car with them just this past week for 19 hours. Don't you touch me! <laughs> okay, honey, we have to stop the car. Okay, girls, you know, this is really feeling hot for me, you know. <laughs> so, I know, you know, and then we talk about that. And I said, my daughter's really, you know, she's like, Mom, you know, we're kids and we can't help it sometimes. <laughs> so, we're all talking, you know, not crazy talk, even though there's some heat happening there. And then, you know, we did what we needed to do, stop for dinner or whatever, and, and moved on, 
you know. This kind of stuff doesn't happen a ton, but there's no, the the bowing to it is, there's not like, oh my God, I have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. There's something really, you know, that, or some idea, you know, it's just, feels like it's always deepening. Mm-hmm. It's always deepening, and and the bowing, and inside of that is never knowing, and and then the essence of that is is like a very deep bow, a very deep bow, a very deep surrender, a very you know, and that it's and knowing you know, this feeling in a knowing in that like truth way that you will never know. And that that is what's required to keep keep falling. Mm-hmm. Well, what else would you like to say before we wrap up? I think I'm good. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I yeah. appreciate it. I guess the only thing I would say is that you know that you are, you know, I, you're my beloved. You know, I'm, I'm um, at your service and, and at your feet, and that I know you to be my very self. And uh, you know, the truth of who you are is is is, is here and I'm free. <laughs> and I love you. <laughs> Thank Good. you. Yeah. I love you too. Mm-hmm.